This is the Garage Rock Show podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible, please tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the Garage Rock Show to become a monthly supporter. And make sure to check us out online at thegaragerockshow.com and give us a follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Garage Rock Show. Now on to this week's episode. Hey, man, is that the Garage Rock Show podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. It's Friday. It's time for another episode of the Garage Rock Show podcast. Chris here with our special guest this week. We got lots of people here. Aaron, what's up, man? What's going on? Charles, what's up? Shishi. And George, glad to have you back here, man. How's it going? Thanks. Uh, Happy to be back. And uh, George brought a friend with him. Kurt, good to have you here, man. Nice to be here, man. Thank you for uh, coming out this week, guys. Uh, We got lots of cool things to talk about. Uh, the Billboard uh, released their new albums that are coming out today, 9th of November 2018. A couple of them that are coming out, All That Remains, got a new one, Architects, Cupcake. Any of these? Uh, Hanson! Ca- yeah, catch your fancy there. You're going to buy the new Hanson album, String Theory. What the fuck is that? Mm-bop. I, I can't believe they're, yeah. That's what that is. It's a mbop, but in String Theory. Mm, string. Yeah. I'd mm, like strum. to imagine dragons that version. Oh, yeah. Hanson. <laughs> New Imagine Dragons out. Dinosaur Jr. He's got his solo album out. That's kind of cool. Is he still losing his shit though? The the lead singer of Imagine Dragons. Yeah. Oh, remember? Yeah, yeah he was talking mm-hmm. about the Illuminati and all yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I get. I don't know. I saw that, and then he was. He kind of fell off. I think yeah. his his manager was like, "Hey, bro, you need to." No, something else <laughs> happened. There was something else that happened. The Illuminati recently. got a hold of him. They're like, "Hey, man." You yeah, know, you know too much. You know too much. You know too much. Imagine Dragons. Jay Z called him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man. JZ. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's got an album out. Hell yeah. Jazzy. I bet it's Jazzy. The Capitol Studios Sessions. I don't, I don't know what like that's Like singing? About. I Is guess, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's an accomplished jazz pianist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yep. Watch your tongue, potty mouth. How dare you? <laughs> a great this video is a children's movie. program. <laughs> Duets with Sarah Silverman on something. I'll show you later. Oh, really? All right. Uh, Laura Jane Grace. Lil Peep. Little Peep. Marshmallow release. I hate those. Things. <laughs> oh, Little Peep. He usually. Well, he yeah. He only usually only releases an album an album on uh, Easter, right? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Little Peep. Every to celebrate Easter. the birth of our Lord. Exactly. You just you buy it and you throw it in the trash. <laughs> that's peep. what you do. Those peeps. Uh, Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits got a solo album oh, out. Cool. Down the road wherever. Muse, their first new album in a couple years. Mm-hmm. Cool. Simulation Theory. Old Wounds, don't really know them, but they got something new out. Ollie yeah. Murs, Rhett Miller, Steve Aoki. Holy shit, that guy's still around. Uh, probably one of the oldest like modern kind of DJ guys. Charles Bradley. Uh, all right. Also a posthumous release for that guy. Oh. Passed away. Uh, all right, so moving on to rock news for the week. Goes from man uh, Tobias Forge. Fake name. <laughs> uh, hints that more news is on the way. Uh, more new music. He's previ- previously issued two EPs, uh, mostly a cover songs, but he says uh, that this new one, uh, quote, my intention is not to release just another EP of covers. There might be something else coming out next year maybe that may have been recorded already that won't be covers. He went on to say, if the production on the live where I want it to be, and if we happen to play two dates at a venue that caters to the full production, somewhere geographically where there's an audience who is very, very lively, I'd love to record a film, and it's definitely on my to-do list. Everybody's been. Hmm. I don't know if you guys seen the trailer for the new tour for Ghost. No, but it looks to. It's like their biggest stage show they've ever done. It's like a huge stage show. So everybody's saying they're going to be filming a 
a video release on this tour. Oh, well, they have uh, a shit ton of money now, so yeah. So uh, we are going to be uh, uh, we we actually fin- just finished up our giveaways on the bear for the ghost show coming up on November fifteenth in San Jose. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, LiveNation.com if you want to grab some tickets. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, the attorney for Chris Cornell's doctor issues a response to a lawsuit. Uh, Chris Cornell's wife, widow, Vicky, last week sued Dr. Robert Coblin. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, made up name. <laughs> Coblin and Tobias Forbes. They sound straight out of, like, Lord of the Rings. Uh, Robert, Robert Coblin. <laughs> he can't walk in a motor. He's a Coblin. Coblin. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so they sued him for malpractice, accusing the p- physician of overprescribing drugs. I think that's kind of like what we all kind of... Yeah. I, I kind of assume that that's what's going on. I MJ, know that's what happened with Tom yeah. Petty, Prince. Ma- Michael Jackson, Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get overprescribed these like opiate drugs, and mm-hmm. eventually, well, well, they can afford them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can afford that type of doctor. That crazy, sort of, yeah. right? I mean, because they po- are super expensive. Yeah, they're in their pocket. I mean, you know, that's sad. It's and so, for them. Uh, just ask, and the doctors give it. To them. And it's all about keeping people hooked on the drugs, anyway. Yep. The how, farm- how do the drug companies make mm-hmm. money? Oh, they love them? it. That's what they want, right? That's their goal, which is like so twisted, you know. Uh, and anyway, so uh, Coblin's lawyer, James Kajar, this also sounds like a Lord of the Rings It name. does. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Some, like these characters out of like a Morrowind or some shit. Kajar, the, the yellow Robert wizard. Coblin, James Kajar, I need you to. Kajit has swears. a silent K there in front of James. <laughs> oh, it is, a, it is a silent K. Is it? Jar. James Jar. James oh, my Jar. God. James that's even worse. Uh, all right. So he said, quote, Dr. Coblin is a confident and conscientious doctor who enjoyed an excellent physician-patient relationship with Mr. Cor- blah, 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 blah. The experts and I have consulted and believe Dr. Coblin's treatment was within the standard of care in this community and were not substantial factor causing him to commit suicide. So Key words. Like, this community. This community of rich rock stars. Oh, right. Yeah. That's a good point. The standard care of this community over Where did he live? Probably in Hollywood LA? or yeah, LA. Atwater, California. Atwater. So <laughs> she claims that Coblin prescribed 940 doses Ugh. of the anti-anxiety drug lorazepam, aka Ativan, as well as oxycodone during the last 20 months of Chris's life, without examining him, performing lab studies, or doing anything else to determine if her husband was in danger. Well, that's not cool. So sounds crazy, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens with the court proceeding we'll give you guys an update oh yeah on a side note i thought this was interesting yeah that is yeah. uh zayna la fuente the the girlfriend of late mother love bone singer andy wood who was chris cornell's best friend was he when he was alive apparently asked vicky to drop the charges writing to her via twitter quote with respect i must say this i live with chris he spoke of suicide a lot we were close people hide their younger more immature self later in life but fundamentally they are the same person his lyrics can be brought into court. Do not do this. Let him rest. End quote. What do you guys think of that? Uh, That's a whole different kind of... Uh, we haven't really seen that um, kind of... Um, I don't know, from a friend who supposedly lived with him and has seen this different side of him. His wife saying that he wasn't this way and oh my God. But I don't know. It's a pretty valid point, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say... Um, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people who talk about uh, uh, committing suicide, and it's like a attention seeking behavior, and then to fuel them with that 
amount of medication if, you know, because it's alleged, right? So if getting fueled with that uh, amount of medication, it's just only a matter of time before they actually go through with it. So it's kind of both. I think it's kind of both. The doctor definitely had some sort of responsibility for just, you know, uh, giving him an, you know, a crazy vast amount of medication like that. But, right. you for know, sure. Chris Cornell, you know, he's got to take responsibility for himself. But if he had, if he had, you know, if it was that bad, if he was speaking of suicide all the time as a friend, like, wouldn't she have spoken up at some point? Yeah, you got to kind of wonder that, too. That you know, she's just now bringing all of this up, you know, kind of after the fact. Uh, but, yeah, kind of. What did she do with that information at the time? Is yeah. it also a It's like, oh, yeah, he said he was going to kill himself yesterday. Yeah, but I just, you know, went out and got a burger and kind of forgot yeah. about it. And then, yeah. Oh, hey. Leave the doctor alone. He <laughs> talks about killing himself all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if she no- does know those details, I, I kind of wonder what was going on. Maybe Chris was going over there to vent to her. And, yeah. then, and then he would come back to his family and just kind of, you know, act like everything's all right. I don't know. It's, it sounds, I don't know. That's That's pretty crazy that she's coming out with that information. So we'll just, we'll see how that story goes. I'll give you guys an update on that uh, next week if it uh, comes up. I thought this was interesting. Speaking of drugs, uh, Sharon, Sharon Osborne. Speaking of Bukaki, <laughs> Sharon, Sharon says she wow. drugged Ozzy to get the truth about his affairs, apparently. Ozzy Osborne's wife and manager, Sharon, allegedly claimed in a new interview with the British tabloid The Sun that she drugged him in order to confirm her suspicions about his extramarital affairs. She said, quote, I was a broken woman. He sent me an email that was meant for one of his women. Then he took his sleeping pills. I put an extra two in his drink and asked him everything, and everything came out. He would have never told me the truth ever. He was ashamed, afraid. I knew how long. I knew who it was. I knew what he was thinking, and then you know you leave. Oh, and that's weird. Well, you know, all of that sounds like lyrics to like a shit. like an Ariana Grande song or something. <laughs> <laughs> and if you read it the way that you read it, like right now, like I just realized that right now, like each each part actually looks like a lyrics to a song. Yeah. And while he was comatose, I ate parts of his brain while he walked. <laughs> <laughs> I kept a little bit in a jar. I laugh oh, at it from time to time. I mean, that's kind of fucked up, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even admit that if I was her. That it is. <laughs> Isn't it criminal I mean, on yeah. TV, right? Yeah. That's, she, that's, well, sounds, well, it says the British tabloid, the oh, sun. Tabloid, so maybe right. that's I mean, a, yeah. It's extra a sleeping pills. It sounds like a possibility could have killed him. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. I, mean, I just put an Bill extra Coffee. tea when he's drink. I mean, yeah. Ozzy's not in the best of health, right? No. I know, right? And exactly. that's supposedly what happened with the Osbournes. I don't know if you guys heard about that when they did the show, the Osbournes, that they wanted Oz. The producers of the show were like pumping Ozzy full of drugs, so he would walk around like a fucking zombie. Oh, what is the dog doing? Oh, what's going on here? Like, oh, just yeah, this yeah. fucking... Yeah. And they loved it for the show because it was like he was just like a zombie, you know? And so it's it's happened before where they're giving... Oz, they keep poor Ozzy's getting fucking... Pumped. And he just takes it. <laughs> Pump full of pills and shit, but maybe he does have a he's real a problem. He's a rock star, man. He lives that lifestyle. Yeah. That's yeah. what he's used to. Yep. People taking care of him, you know? But yeah. I, did, I didn't realize at that late, like, in an age that he was sleeping with that many women. That yeah, apparently said. it included the family's cook and a masseuse <laughs> and the hairstylist on top of probably other. Oh, my God. <laughs> seeing five other women, uh, according to Sharon. And, you know, I, I like, I didn't think he could get it up. I didn't even think he could, like, raise his arms that, that far <laughs> to, like, give them a hug, you know? <laughs> it's good to be king. Yeah, that's right. <gasps> All right, so yeah, he's got a New Year's Eve show coming up at the Forum in L.A. with Rob Zombie, Jonathan Davis, Marilyn Manson. That's his, the only date of OzFest this year, so you guys check that out. 
there was a weird incident that happened at a Jack White concert. Uh, he addressed it. It was a homophobic incident that occurred apparently at the Rogers Place venue in Edmonton, Canada on this past Friday night. A woman named Allison McLevore kissed her girlfriend and was told by a venue staff member that they couldn't do that, with the staff member then separating them with her hand. She told the Canadian Broadcasting Company, the CBC, I embraced my girlfriend and some staff member came between us and she said, this is not allowed here. It was very violating and invasive, not something I'd ever imagine experiencing, honestly. Uh, a manager for the venue apologized. The news of the incident reached White, uh, who spoke briefly about it at next night's show. So he made this post here. I thought this was a cool photo. Check this out. It's apparently a photo of two women kissing at a 1964 Beatles show. And uh, the photo is a lesbian couple sharing a kiss at a Beatles concert with a scream for the <laughs> Jack White's pose. He says, this is one of my favorite photos because of how beautiful the situation is. They're hiding in plain sight. It's 2018 now and two people kissing, uh, expressing infection shouldn't have to hide. The news that two women were stopped from kissing during my show really disappointed me. At the next show, I dedicated the song Love Interruption to the two women, encouraged everyone in the crowd to kiss their loved ones. Uh-huh. Let's promote love and acceptance wherever and whenever we can. Wait, how, wait, how, like he said, this is a beautiful picture. I get that. But how do you get past the lady in the front? I know. <laughs> she looks like a cover from a bad uh, scream flick or something. Yeah. Attack of the ticks. Like, <laughs> I, like yeah. Covering her ears. Uh, yeah. You watch those old videos of full throws of Beatlemania, right? Yeah. Here. Like those women went crazy. It was nuts. Guys, right? It was, it was, it's like they were going insane. Well, like, I want to like, know if it was a, just a casual kiss or were they just like making out, just eating each other's face off? You know? like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of PDA. I don't like, like it whether, yeah, it's a wait, if it's male a, if or it's female regular, or regardless. Yeah, male, female matter. couple making out in front of you and you're trying to watch the show. It's, <laughs> it's like, get the fuck out of here, you know? What the fuck are you doing? Go... Good get a hotel. But you don't think yourself. that about two women making out in front of you, man. <laughs> nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah things. Keep it going. What I if it was? What if, if it, it was makes just... someone uncomfortable? I guess that's the question. But, it it yeah. maybe someone complained, but it sounds like the security kind of just interjected without being not like someone was like, "Hey, you know, this is bothering me" or something. It sounds like the security kind of just went right there at the couple as they were kissing. So I don't know. I guess that was the kind of the issue. But it was like a casual kiss. It probably wouldn't have been a big deal. It sounded like they're getting extreme. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Who it's knows? taken to another uh, level. And I they don't know. Either like, hey, way, man. I thought Canada was better than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're right. Single payer healthcare, man. Yeah. yeah, they're like, come on, it's a, it's a boot, a, a boot. man and a woman now. Eh? He's giving his poutine <laughs> and uh, Labatt's blue. Listen, I'm sorry. Spilled, spilled my Molson ice all over my shirt. <laughs> you hoser. Hey, um, hoser. What if, what if? Uh, let me, let me put another scenario. What if it was too like. Super fucking ugly people, <laughs> just two disgustingly <laughs> ugly people that were just well, just tonguing each other. Just I don't know if it was if it was blocking my view oh, and they, they were really love. if if it was blocking my view and they were really going to town. I would probably I don't know say something maybe, but I don't know. Yeah. I probably just let it go if it wasn't. Hey, take that shit to the dog park. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to use that in real life right uh, there. Shit, dude. Hey, take that shit to the dog park. <laughs> wow, we. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to some more music news. Uh, Metallica's Lars Ulrich oh, defends. I, that guy. I know, Miss, me too. Missing bass on the Justice album, and it comes out that now he's the one responsible for it. He's uh, He said in a new inter- interview about the 30th anniversary box set of the album, he said, quote, 
It was all about balances. Nobody sat there and said, we're going to have a re record that's going to be mixed this way. We weren't capable of thinking at that level. So a lot of it was a result of what I think were sort of balancing points along the way, just to make it all work for the big picture. He said, I think it's important to say that it wasn't planned that way. We didn't just sit there and go, a year from now, we're going to have a record that sounds this particular way. It's just the result of instinctive choices that were made along the way to make it work. But in contrast, in a 2015 interview, the Injustice for All uh, producer, Steve Thompson, revealed that Ulrich was the culprit for the lack of any <laughs> bass guitar. He said, quote, the drums sound up the way he had it. I wasn't a fan of it. So now Ulrich's goes, see the bass guitar? And I said, yeah, great part, man. Newsteg killed it. He said, I want you to t bring the bass down where you can barely audibly hear it in the mix. I said, you're joking, right? He said, no, bring it down, end quote. So that's according to the producer that's that hilarious. worked on the album. Uh, so, of course, And Justice for All was Newstead's first full length with uh, Metallic after he replaced the late bassist Cliff it with bass. That's what everyone was hoping with Turned the anniversary thing, and when they didn't do it, that's why the guy asked him, like, so what's up with that? And then Lars gave him some little dance-around answer. Well, blah, 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 you know, we balancing points. All kinds of shit. What is James, like, Lars, Lars has always been, like, in the, in the headlight, um... Like, what does James Hetfield think of that? You know, like he's always been, the, you know, Napster thing, and 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 it kind of well, made it, it seem seems like, like he was Lars is the one who's really the one pulling a lot of the strings. With. He puts yeah. himself out there. He the does. Like it seems like he's the one. He's not a very good spokesman for the band. No. I mean, he's just really not. Nah, he's he's he's, he's kind of a dick, man. <laughs> he is. Yeah. They should have he Kurt is. or Robert just do all their press because those are the, like two genuine cool guys. You know, I think in the band. Yeah. I know, I know when the whole Napster thing came out, he was like, I'm speaking for all musical artists. And I remember during the time listening to and reading interviews from some artists that were just trying to get started. And they're like, no, 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 like download our stuff. Download it because then you're more likely to come see us in concert. And because we don't have the clout that Metallica has, you know, we don't. And right. every, everybody knows that record companies really take the, you know, the, the elephant share of the profit anyway. And, and well, yeah, and then money record sales don't really count for anything yeah. anymore. Yeah, you know? exactly. So it's, a, it's exposure. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And absolutely. you don't get exposure by you get it for free trying to sell a physical album to somebody. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. just the souvenir. Yeah, 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 for sure. If you're a fan, that's something that you want for your collection or something like that. But in the modern age, most kids really aren't. Uh, pursuing that way of unless it's vinyl or something you know to have a bigger keepsake vinyl's the one that's seeing the resurgence lately oh big time which yeah. is great yeah mm -hmm. it's great I think it's it's cool it's a good sign most albums come with a download code so it's the best of both worlds totally you get the analog and the digital and you know you the artist the artist gets a good chunk of that and it's, it's all ad space on YouTube now you know? Oh, I know. It's ridiculous, man. <laughs> they want you to get that YouTube red, so they're just like... Oh, they really do. Out. They're layering on those fucking ads thick, man. They it's really crazy. do. Oh, God. It's so bad. You can't even yeah. listen to it half the time, because the ads, they'll get caught up, and it'll sound like a music you're trying to play, and like all of a sudden, they'll sneak an ad in there, and then before you know it, you're like, fuck, I was listening to that ad for like two fucking minutes. Like, yeah. damn it. Let me... <laughs> it's like right a six-minute long ad. ad like skip, some... Yeah. yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Five seconds or listen to it for yeah. 30 minutes. Those bastards, man. People used to make money on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> some <laughs> yeah. people still do. If you got tons of, of sub subscribers, yeah. play Fortnite. Me, but, uh, well, yeah, yeah, shit. We were thinking about airing this on YouTube, right? Were we thinking about doing that at some point? Yeah, eventually. I have a camera. We wanted to pursue that, but uh, I think we'll, you know, we'll be all right for a while. But maybe next year when we get some better uh, production 
uh, stuff. I gotta get a whole like uh, video card that does uh, good stuff to transfer nice. it live. You know, if yep. I want to record it, like we could record it. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be live though. It would just be I record it and upload it later kind right. of deal. But if we wanted to do it live, I need to get a new video card to be able to do it that kind of way. So but, here that listeners contribute. Yeah. Like five bucks or something. Well, we have it set up at um, anchor.fm slash the garage rock show. So make sure you guys check that out. We have it up on all of our Facebook pages as well. Facebook.com slash the garage rock show, the garage rock show.com. And then uh, we appreciate all that. So we were talking about uh, this. It, this was a couple weeks ago that Perry um, Farrell announced that he was going to be doing this kind heaven orchestra. Uh, which is apparently this uh, thing, it's called Kind Heaven, that's going to be set up in the lot in Las Vegas next year. And it's apparently this whole, like, multi-story, large, like, fair type of deal with music and entertainment that Perry is setting up in Las Vegas. And he's got this thing called the Kind Heaven Orchestra, and it features Pearl Jam and Soundgarden touring drummer Matt Chamberlain. Jane's Addiction bassist Chris Cheney, along with keyboardist Matt Rode, Nick Mayberry, and Perry's wife, Eddie Lau uh, Farrell on vocals. So there you go. They're going to be playing uh, Bill Graham's Festival of Lights in Frisco. If you guys want to check that out, his first solo album in over 18 years. It's going to be called uh, Festival of Lights, or is it Kind... Oh, Kind Heaven. Festival yeah. of Lights. No, Festival of Lights is this <laughs> thing they do, and it's actually a Jewish um, yeah. holiday. Yeah, Bill, Bill Graham was a Jewish guy. Yeah, it was a big yeah. Jewish guy. So they kind of dedicated it to him after he passed away. Hey, am I am I wrong here? Um, it was Perry Farrell one of the co-founders of Lollapalooza. Yeah, yes. he was the yeah. founder of it. Okay, yeah. so he so I mean obviously knows uh, how to set something like this up. Yeah, and supposedly this is supposed to be pretty elaborate. It's like in Vegas, and it's going to be like this destin immersive entertainment destination. And it's supposed to be this huge deal. So, nice. yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. Will there be women kissing in the probably audience? <laughs> probably women kissing in cages, like dancing to Jane's Addiction music. Probably that's what's going to be going. So on. no, so no Canadian uh, staffers there. <laughs> probably. Not. I mean, but he's bringing his wife on tour this time. Yeah, that's kind of oh, crazy. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Sharon's idea, right? Let me do the vocals with you, Aussie. Yeah, yeah. Do it together. No. When, when does that ever work? Over. When does it ever work for a musician to have his wife in the band? <laughs> it's okay. I'll just give him some more cocaine. Just slip it in it. Do yeah, some jazz drink. odyssey up there. Should have a sleeping drink ready for him right after his. Job. Well, I don't know. It worked out fine for Yoko Ono, and yeah, it's, yeah, John yeah. Lennon. Yeah, it was great. She just came well, out with an album. She just oh, yeah, released she an did. album. She did, yeah. I think it was yeah. last week. Is it week? more Primal Screams? Because that's what I'm really looking <laughs> Yeah. No, it's, it, all it is is it's an hour and a half of her on the toilet. Wow. And, and there's not even... You can hear nail clipping. Runt. Nail yeah. clipping, random nail clipping. The mm -hmm. water turning off and on. Mm -hmm. It's really avant-garde. That's great. That's good <laughs> really stuff. avant-garde. Uh, Dave Grohl said he wanted to play drums for ACDC. That's a bucket list thing for him. Speaking to Forbes magazine, he said that's the last one. Phil Rudd is back, though, apparently. Did you guys see the photos of them in Vancouver mm -hmm. with uh, Phil Rudd and um, Brian, Johnson. Brian Johnson back? Uh, so apparently they're working on their first album in what I think since 2013 or 2014. That we hey, we saw that picture when you were here last, George. 
Was it? Yeah, oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we talked about the, that. The sneaky uh, neighbor that t- zoomed yeah. in and took a picture of them while they were, like, having a smoke break mm-hmm. out back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, crow milk, of course, is the protein-based milk uh, dairy product made with the eggs of crows, which we all know the eggs of crows are some of the most fortified eggs in the bird kingdom. Charles, you know from harvesting crow's eggs uh, yourself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The the fortification and benefits of these crow's eggs. Yeah. Sometimes you can just crack one open in your mouth and get the raw nutrients like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. But crow's milk does so much more. It, it not Helps only with inflammation. It, it it not only harnesses yeah. the power of the crow egg, but it it <laughs> blends it up in dairy based product that is just uh, second to mm-hmm. none. You know, and it truly gives you that. It truly gives you that that scavenger chest. Like it <laughs> it really it makes you. It you makes know. you have the mindset of a crow. You see those crows on the street where you're yeah. driving your car, <laughs> and they don't move out of the way? Yeah. Because they're fucking jacked up on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could be the same way. You know, you could just have that, I don't give a fuck mentality yeah. on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. Crow, yeah, crow milk. Drink it. <laughs> Drink it and, and be one with, with your own, um, with your karma. Harness the power of the crow. Harness the power of the crow. Crow milk, so. Thank you, crow milk. There you go. Anyway, all right, so we got some On This Day in Music History trivia. Yeah. Double edition today. We've got some cool ones. On this day, November 9th, in 1967, Rolling Stone magazine put out its first issue with what musician on the cover? I know this. All right. Well, don't ruin it then, George. You answer last. <laughs> if you already know it and you're confident, uh, was it A, Muddy Waters, B, John Lennon, or C, Pete Townsend? I'm going to go get a beer. I'll be right back. You guys, it's got to be B. Discuss this. I'm saying B. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. Oh, man. On this day, November 9th, 1967. But first issue, we should probably all know Very this. But. What was Muddy Waters doing in 67? Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Decomposing? Yeah. No, he was still alive. Oh. But he was, he was alive and decomposing. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. As, as was John Lennon. Um, metaphorically, Pete Townsend. Uh, Pete Townsend. I'm gonna go with Pete Townsend. But you know what? You know, on a, on a side note, did you know, uh, Chris, that um, for a long time that Muddy Waters was the name um, given to the original Krill Reserve. Oh, that that's right. It you was know. called Muddy Waters originally. Originally, it was <laughs> Waters. Yeah, that was part of the appeal. Well, it was filtered with baleen. And brewed with muddy waters of the uh, Okanobi River, I oh, believe. Yeah. Are we talking yeah. about soil well, and they, they, they first used crawdads for out of the muddy waters. Right. Yes. Before they caught onto the crew. Oh, because they're mud bugs. Yeah. From yeah. The land right. of muddy yeah. water. I think that was part of the. Yeah, that was part of the original advertisement. <laughs> and then they decided to go to clear wa- clearer waters and get the, the actual krill. That's right. Yeah. So hey, thanks Krill Reserve. Thank they you. have a rich history. They do. It's it's a vibrant from a vibrant Started community. Started as Craw, Crawdad Reserve, it, and then Muddy Waters. The humble beginnings, you yeah. know. Crawdad Reserve, straight from the Muddy Waters of the Okanobi River. Okanobi. Okanobi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that's a river, but it sounds, it sounds like, like it could a be, right? It's a river in my mind, in my dreams. All right. So what's For the consensus you, I don't know here? What the hell C. we're talking about? We don't know what the hell we're talking about either. Oh, See, Pete Townsend. You're saying Pete Townsend. The uh, okay. So Rolling Stone put out first issue this day, 1967. What musician on the cover? Muddy Waters, John Lennon, Pete Townsend. 
Uh, Charles saying Pete Townsend. Well, before we an- before we answer this, so just I just want you guys to know this, okay? And Pete Townsend, if you're listening to this, I'm sure he is. <laughs> so in uh, in the in the late '60s, my dad was in a in a band in Southern California, and they did a battle of the bands, and he won, and his band got to be one of the opening acts for the for for the Who. No shit. Yeah, and he wow. um and while they were performing, he stole a tambourine from Pete Townsend's thing. <laughs> And gave it to me on my 18th birthday. Uh, I grew up my whole dude, life. Do you we, have that frame? I have it. You better have it. I ha- it's at the oh, house. It's, you know where all the guitars and stuff are on the side of my wall? Uh-huh. Where, yeah. Like, there's that, that oh, tambourine is up there. No and shit. the whole, when I was growing up, uh, yeah, because my dad was part of all kinds of bands growing up. You know, he did some stuff uh, with, with some country music star, all, all kinds of stuff like that. But, I mean, that was one of his things where he was like, yeah, I hope Pete Townsend never finds out I stole this tambourine from him. <laughs> Dude, I met your dad and he looks badass. Oh, yeah, he looks like a pirate. Yeah, he looks... <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. He looks like a roadie for, like, some badass yeah, you band. you can tell he you know? had, like, yeah. a, a cool life. Yeah. <laughs> he's a... Um, yeah, he's a, a walking... Um, uh, oh, man... Yeah, he never. Yeah, <laughs> a walking treasure. We he's love a walking, you, Charles. Yeah, he's Ned. a national treasure. Yeah. All right, so here it is. Let's uh, reveal. Here's the uh, here's the cover. Come on, Pete Townsend. Oh man. Oh. It's not. It's not. Uh, it is John it. Lennon. John so. Lennon in an army helmet. In an army helmet. Mm-hmm. Here's the. He was filming uh, how I won the war. There you go. He was filming how I won the war. Uh, the first issue cost thirty-five cents. Became a collector's item, selling for upwards of four hundred. Decades later, the uh, album four hundred. Yeah, it seems kind of low, huh? But I guess whatever. Uh, no one know. cares about print media anymore. How many were there? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Right. It, it looked more like a um, a it newspaper, like a news press, right? So there must have been quite yeah, a, quite a, a lot. Uh, okay, so it says uh, yeah. Uh, I guess there was other items about David Crosby, The Who. Country Joe McDonald. Uh, anyway, so there you go. Country Joe McDonald. Uh, all right, so double trivia. We got another trivia question here. On this day in 1999, Ooh. November 9th, the Recording Industry Association of America announces the biggest selling artists of the century in the United States. The Beatles have sold the most albums at $106 million. Garth Brooks is the best-selling male solo act. Uh, Barbara Streisand, best-selling female. Oh, man. The best-selling album is The Eagles, Greatest Hits, 1971-75, but the best-selling single in the United States is what? Oh, look at that. Is it A, Bing Crosby's White Christmas, B, Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, or C, Elton John's Candle in the Wind? What oh, do you man. think is the best-selling single in the United States? You know what? I'm going to go with D, and that's a, a Coke-fueled David Crosby's <laughs> White Christmas. That was a rare B-side. That did sell very well, though, in Just a uh, certain circles. Coked mustache, David Crosby's <laughs> White Christmas and palm trees. I don't know, because like a song like that, White Christmas, Speeding down the freeway at 95 miles an hour. You know, each year people are buying the Christmas album, you know, yeah. over and over and over again every November night. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh okay, yeah, um, right, yeah. yeah. Well, it was also okay. So I want to say that this was a uh, a release that they do of. towards the end of every year around this time, and it was to uh, commemorate the time from 1950 until 19 uh, whatever 99 around the time. That was basically 1950s when they started tracking this stuff. I guess in the late 40s and the early 50s. Hmm. So around that time frame. Which all this matches up with. 
but I'm gonna say B, man. B. Whitney Houston. Was, yeah. You know, I was Whitney leaning Houston. towards that the whole yeah. time. It just seems like that was such a popular single. Like, but yeah, it, it was on the same theme with the you know. All the, I will say also was another hit. Show. Yeah, <laughs> they were all. Uh, these are all in the top five of yeah. all of all time. No, going along with what Kurt said, I mean, I'm sure that cocaine had something to do with each one of these answers. <laughs> it was in there somewhere. Definitely. I'm, I'm doing White Christmas just because um, I like I like it. I All like right. The idea Bing Crosby was more Christmas. of a drinker. I'm just I'm going oh, with yeah. White Christmas just based yeah, off he was. the fact that Christmas is every year and people are All right. just keep mm-hmm. getting it. George, what do you say? Well, you have to look at the question. The, the, the hint and uh, the words that we should be looking at are single and United States. Mm-hmm. So, Candle in the Wind was probably hit all over Europe, including the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston? Okay. Hmm. All right, guys. And the answer is let's move down here. C. Elton John's Candle in the Wind for the United States, but A. Bing Crosby's White Christmas Worldwide. Oh, wow. There's a a notable difference. So this was for the United States and one was for Worldwide. So it's notable. Guinness Book of World Records' White Christmas was made in 1942 by Bing Crosby. Best-selling single worldwide with an estimated sales of over 500 or 50 million copies. Wow. The song was recognized as the best-selling single of all time was released before the pop rock singles chart era and was listed at the at the selling single in the first ever Guinness Book of World Records, later published in 1955, still more than 50 years later holds that title. We still hear that's the one we hear still every year, Oh yeah. Right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's yep. the main. Yep, yep, that's the that's one. On every yeah. grocery store. Uh, so also, Guinness World Records states that the double A-side charity single, Candle in the Wind 97, Something About the Way You Look Tonight, by Elton John, was a tribute to the late Princess Diana of mm-hmm. Wales, and it is, quote, the biggest-selling single since UK and US singles charts began in the 1950s, have accumulated worldwide sales of 33 million copies, making it the second-best-selling single of all time. So there you go. Nice. Little uh, difference there, but Nobody best selling single well, in the U.S. So you know, they were saying that every month he pays like a hundred thousand dollars and just putting flowers in every room of like his mansion. Wow, that's craziness. That's awesome. That money could be, be going nice. to David Crosby's coke habit. <laughs> it could be. Poor, poor David. Uh, did you see this? Ba- yeah, the announcement and then back out. Uh, he announced to fight this kickboxer for the first time, uh, Floyd Mayweather. Who's fifty and zero? He's got an undefeated record. He was going to fight this twenty-year-old. Yeah, that kid. He looks Tenshin like Nasukawa mm-hmm. or Nas Nasukawa. Sorry, Tenshin Nasukawa. Mm-hmm. And the fight was between the forty-year-old veteran and the twenty-year-old uh, was to take place in Japan on New Year's Eve. Well, he, it's not going to happen because just today, as I was putting the prep site together, the news broke on my feed that Mayweather is now backing away from this fight. He said, "Quote." Uh, oh, okay, so he said uh, on his Instagram uh, today that he never agreed to an official bout, stating that it was supposed to be an exhibition. He said that he was surprised by the announcement of the MMA fight as anything other than, than that at the news conference, saying, quote, my team and I were completely derailed by the new direction this event was going, and we should have put a stop to it immediately. So I don't know. Do you think that's really what happened, or do you think he got cold feet because he can't 
do that MMA type stuff. I mean, stuff. he realized, right, that he was in over I'm his I'm really going to have to fight this kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not just dance around. I don't know. Have I, you seen the bones in his hands? They did x-rays on HBO's 24-7 or whatever. They did x-rays, and, um, and his bones are, like, tiny. They're, like, super. They're, like, a pitcher's elbow. They're, like... Ooh. Uh, Mayweather, Mayweather you're talking about? Yeah. What do you and mean his, his bones? His, his, he's he's been in so many fights, and it's like Sergio it's almost. Like Sergio down. says the same thing. Like, they just they start wearing down, uh, you know, just with so much impact and so much. Because these guys don't just fight, and then they just lay low for a year. Like, they fight, and then they practice and practice and practice and practice and punch and punch yeah. and punch. But so this kid's a kickboxer, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he was going to destroy He him. didn't want to get kicked in the head. Well. Yeah. 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 He would have destroyed Mayweather. When he fought Conor McGregor, MMA fighter, he it was a boxing bout. So I was, maybe he was under the assumption that it was going to be a, with this MMA fighter or something. I don't know. I don't yeah. know any details about it. But and you got sixteen ounce gloves, man. Those are pat. Those He's are extremely boxer. padded. Not in MMA. When someone's kicking you in the face, that's actually a kickboxer Muay Thai fighter. Oh, dude, it's intense. Oh, yeah. you know, even those it's, leg it's, kicks. Oh I mean, no, no, like, no, destroy you. They they just kill you, man. That's that stuff's insane. Have you ever been kicked so. with a, like an actual like? Not no, I haven't. No, but I, I I did, but <laughs> but but with just like maybe fifteen percent power, and and with just with that, it was enough to to put me on the ground, and then I was hurting for like a day and a half. Right, and, and he and he just said, "Oh, that was nothing. That was just a portion." And these guys like they could break down like bamboo trees and shit. Mm. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah, it's nuts. All right, let's move on to some movie, TV, and entertainment news. Have any any of you guys here seen the new Bohemian Rhapsody flick? I'm going oh, to see it I this haven't. weekend. Oh, oh you are? Okay. I want to see it, though. I have not. Right. No? No? Uh, well, I thought it was pretty good. Um, it apparently rocked the box office pretty good. Uh, it brought in about $50 million. Good haul for the Rami Malek headliner, which got mixed reviews, especially as it was up against Disney's The Nutcracker and The Four Realms. That's- that's the actor, right? Rami Malek. Yeah, yeah. The he's Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, yeah. exactly. I, great, I'm great a fan series. Of his, so, yeah. So I want to see it. It was pretty good. So I kind of wrote my little um, thing here. I don't have to read it word for word, but I kind of want to do. It was a pretty good film. I gave it a seven out of ten. As an in de- an in depth look at, at a band, though, for me that is pretty important. It to me, it was more of like a medley than a true greatest hits collection. That being said, some of my favorite parts. Or some of the studio footage showing them experimenting with the different recording techniques, like suspending the amplifier with this rope, and they would like send it across the microphone to create this different effects, and they had like trash cans on the microphone to create echo and hmm. coins on the drum heads and different things that was like they just like showed just little blips and blurbs just of it super though. Super innovative, trying to make create new sounds. Yeah, exactly. It, it was really cool, and they were and they also uh, a cool part was Mike Myers played the role of the I EMI him, executive, uh, and they had to push the label really hard for Bohemian Rhapsody to be the lead single, even though, because it was six minutes long, and he's like, and he and he said this one quote in the movie, no one will ever be banging their heads to Bohemian Rhapsody in their car. It was kind of an obvious nod to Wayne's World and shit. Yeah, uh, awesome. But it was it was great, you know? Like, to me, everything seemed pretty believable and well done. Rami Malek nice. had the character down, like, his motions, and you could tell he studied that live performance uh like a lot of light and he had that down to a t man uh they also kind of showed that downfall of freddie mercury right before that live aid performance i really wasn't familiar of that i was too young at the time uh the live aid performance was from 1985 and i was born in 83 so i had no idea what was going on with queen as a band at the time so for me it was kind of cool to see that history of what was actually happening with the band they were in a huge sense of turmoil 
and for me, always I always got the DVD, uh, you know, and watched the performance. Right, the Live Aid. It's amazing performance. Yeah, one of Queen's best, they say. But at the same time, they show in the lead up to that, like he was having real trouble with his vocals. He was down and out partying uh, on drugs, alcohol, and the band was kind of estranged from him. He tried to do these solo albums that didn't work out, and all this shit and I didn't I didn't realize it so it was it was really interesting and then they went out there for that live a performance and just like hit a home run and there was like other little things where apparently the guys sound crew guy was the one that was doing the sound out there for live aid and there was a, a story that I don't know if it's true but uh, I think I was talking to you about this George maybe and he there was a piece of tape over the main faders that was like don't put up the main faders past this point and right before Queen hit the stage he took the tape off and like cranked it all the way up and put the tape back, and uh, I think what we were saying was maybe the crowd, everybody in the back could actually hear the stuff on the stage now, and that's why you see a response when Queen's on the stage. The crowd's just unbelievably into it, and I think it was probably because it was one of the first loudest bands of the night that just they could hear, right? Yeah. Sure, and, it, and it's, it's evident in their performance. It's a, it was it was amazing, and uh, I I really liked it. I, I thought it you know it kind of reminded me though. I don't know if you guys were a fan or not. It was also a mixed review at the time. That Vel Kilmer and the Doors biopic. Oh, yeah. that I came liked out. it. Yeah, I was gonna ask you how. It, it reminded me a that. lot of that. It, it reminded me of just like a new. Kind I thought, of yeah, I thought, version yeah. of that style of story. The way which, Val Kilmer looked just like him, I thought. Yeah, I thought uh, this guy looked just like. It's Freddy. gonna look like that. There's certain parts in the movie where he just nails the the everything about it, you know. And cool. they did a good job, I thought, of trying to recreate the major moments in the band's career. But to me, the problem with all that meticulous recreation, there was some kind of cheesy effects with special effects that they used with the crowd, like trying to be all like. They would do these swooshing things over the crowd, and it looks super cheesy. Uh, they got a lot of period-correct gear. Costumes, though, it still rang a little bit hollow to me, but I thought it was a solid 7 out of 10. It was a really good movie. Cool. Definitely worth checking out in the theater if you can, because, man, seeing those that soundtrack that they put on there, is, it's fucking killer. And is Bri- it? Brian May supervised all that stuff, and it sounds fucking great nice the whole no, i'm looking forward to seeing it for sure yeah it sounds it sounds great uh it looks great too so breaking bad fans did you hear about this aaron I, yeah just today i saw that so apparently a breaking bad movie is officially going down with aaron paul on tuesday night they announced it uh, apparently there's they're working on a film it's a secret project in new mexico uh under the working title Greenbrier. Mm. various sources tagging it to breaking bad According to this uh, film blog, you can uh, be pretty excited about it because it's it's officially coming back as a feature film, and it's all about Aaron Paul's, quote, The Escape of a Kidnapped Man and His Quest for Freedom. The film will follow the misadventures of Aaron Paul's Always in Trouble Jesse Pinkman. In other words, unlike prequel spinoff Better Call Saul, the film will serve as the highly anticipated sequel to the 2013 hmm. season finale. Uh, this is my all-time favorite show, I think I could say. So, uh... I'm excited about it. I've never seen a single episode. Breaking no? Bad? Nor yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've never no, seen it. Great so show, Do man. yourselves Is a it? favor. Oh, That's yeah. what I hear. You see it, Kurt? Yeah. Yep. Okay, I, I don't usually... I'm not a... You know, I, I don't get into all these new shows and stuff. I, I got into that, um, into Breaking Bad, the second season, like midway through, I caught an episode. I was like, wow, just caught my interest. And I went back and watched it from the beginning after that. Mm-hmm. No and excuse. There's never. Netflix... Yeah, Hulu, never turned back. And know, then all that good I still stuff. watch. Try watching just a couple first episodes. 
that's that's it. I think you'll you'll see the cinematography and the air, the acting uh, is a step above like a lot of television shows at the time, especially if you put it in context to what was on at the time when that came on in like 2008 for the first time. That shit was like it was really interesting I'm because not gonna lie, I saw the dude, you know, Brian Cranston. Totally different. Like ah, the the dad off that one show, Malcolm, Malcolm in, in the, the middle. middle. Yeah, not, ah, whatever. I'm not into it. I'm not going to watch it. And then cross an episode, like I said, somewhere in the second season. Mm-hmm. And you know what though? But everyone kept it's telling not for me, everyone though. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, you know, everybody's guaranteed going to like it. But yeah, I think if you give it an honest shot, I think you'd be a lot of people thought it was pleasantly genius. surprised. Everyone kept telling me that show, The Big Bang Theory, was really funny, and I watched it. It was complete. I fucking hate that show. I cannot garbage. Stand that show. <laughs> I, I also wow. hate that show. Not a yeah. second of it that was funny. It's just yeah. one long commercial for all of the franchises that they <laughs> yeah. yeah, like <laughs> Lenovo and IBM and shit. Yeah, well, and all the the superheroes and the Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, all universe. that too. Yeah, right? yeah, that whole fucking. Oh, it's tiring. God. Oh, it's it's not even funny at but all. People yeah. love that show. They I know it's it crazy. It's they crazy. It they get those. over a million dollars. Those actors and actresses over a million dollars an episode. Oh man, spin off off of that now like, too. What the. F- you know what show I didn't think was good either at all? With Friends. I never thought Friends was good. Yeah, my wife's going to hate me for that, boring. but I, I never really got into it. Like, yeah. We have Friends trivia today on HQ. Didn't know a fucking single thing. Yeah. Like, don't don't know all the inside jokes. Don't get it. Don't care. Oh, yeah. Like Ross and Rachel and all that shit. Who gives a shit? All I know Don't is, really uh, care. How you doing in uh, Smelly Cat? Oh, yeah, yeah. Smelly, <laughs> Smelly Cat right. was Phoebe's song that she used yeah. to sing, right? Yeah. yeah. That was. I do remember that. I think Phoebe they, was hilarious. She was the best yeah. one. She was like the folk singer, quirky, yeah. funny one. Yeah. Everyone else was just like all self involved. But you know, she smoked shit. herb. Oh yeah, on the side. And, it, and then, um, <laughs> in the last episode, they all poured gasoline on themselves and set themselves on fire. Right? Yeah, I think that's. And then they jumped in ended? the they jumped in that fountain at the end. Yeah, that's they, what they, it was. They're all partying in the fountain, but Hydrochloric then at the end, they, yeah, yeah, and it turned out. The fountain wasn't water at all. It was acid. Exacerbated the flames. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that. And the guy was like, well, no one told you that. <laughs> Things are never Did you see recently way. in the news the um, <laughs> the <laughs> guy <laughs> who stole beers from some liquor store got captured on uh, you know, surveillance camera? Looked like Ross Geller. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I did I see it. that. That was it. hilarious. And he even yeah. posted a video of himself he walking down with a... Uh, it wasn't me. Yeah, and he's got yeah. like a bunch of bottles in his hand walking down a liquor store aisle. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, he yeah. played off of those. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well played, Ross. Uh, all right, so check it out. Look well at played, Ross. Look at fucking Ed, uh, David Lee Roth here in his uh, fucking spandex shirt. Okay, so a play is coming based on the early years of Van Halen. And it's opening off of Broadway. They want to take it to Broadway, but please it's don't, apparently... Please don't. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> the most unique thing about the production is that two artists will be played by women. Amy Statz, who wrote the piece, will star as Eddie, while Megan Hill will appear as Dave. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, cool. So the show will also feature characters named Val, played by Oscar, uh, meant to be Eddie's ex-wife, Valerie Bert- Bertinelli. And Al, played by actress Ad- Ad- Adina Verson. Oh, it would have been cool if they were both played by men. A version of Eddie's be... brother, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean there's yeah. going to be women kissing each other on stage? I, I mean, I so. don't get it, dude. I know. It's what not the... allowed in this audience. But... Here's the thing. The production avoids using the Van Halen name, although the promotional art uses hairstyles that look suspiciously like <laughs> the Roth and Van Halen in the 80s. 
The theater describes the play as, quote, a raucous retelling of the rise and fall of Pasadena's most groundbreaking yeah. 80s rockers. Rock and roll! Told through the foggy lens of a lonely, out-of-work MTV VJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These guys were so hopped up on Ball Jack. Oh, fucking Christ. You know, but the, the crazy thing, though, is that... Um, uh, Margaritaville that went on Broadway, the but the Jimmy Buffett, no, um, and it really did. It's and it's doing quite well. It's on Broadway it's, right it's, now, and it's I don't oh know if it's God. right now, currently right now, but it, it was yeah. about six months ago, and it did very very well. Like oh, it's supposedly it's it's a very good play. I've got a secret, guys. I'm wearing my Van oh, Halen there's t-shirt. The Van Halen t-shirt. Yeah. Nice, that's Rock nice. So would you go and see that if you saw that? It, it, like some coming... sort of weird morbid curiosity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It might be really good, right? You never yeah, know. It might be awesome. You never know. Uh, all right. I don't know if you guys are a fan of the Deadwood series. Yes, yeah, that I see that, that show. I have seen and I love that show. That was, that was a good. series. HBO yeah. series, uh, old western series. Uh, Thirteen years after the drama concluded in 2006, apparently we are going to finally get a movie as a sequel and it'll follow the 10-year reunion of the camp to celebrate South Dakota's statehood. It says, quote, former rivalries are reignited, alliances are ten- real, and blah, blah, blah. It's set to premiere 2019 on HBO, HBO Now, blah, blah, and all that yes. shit. Everybody's returning. Ian McShane, as you can see in this promotional yeah, photo. Pinstripe. He's fucking bad. Oh, yeah. With the awesome. Combo. That's pimping. Swearingen, man. That. He was he was the saloon owner, Al Swearingen. And, uh, yeah. oh, man. That'd be cool, man. Everybody's I he, back. I wonder if he had that same voice in, like, elementary school. Yeah. You know, that badass voice that he has? Yeah, like, what's the other guy that does, like, the beef? It's for dinner. Uh, oh, yeah, in, Sam. Uh, Sam, what? Uh, he was in, um... Uh, he was on Roadhouse. Yeah, that dude right there. Of course, Sam, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. John yeah. Wick. You think Sam Elliott talked yeah. like that when he was John five Wick. years old? I've seen John. Oh yeah, love John Wick. <laughs> right <laughs> on the fucking preschool. He was. Yeah, yeah me, he was. He played yeah, the full-on mustache yeah. whole manager <laughs> of the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Walking Dead. Uh, I don't Is know. That's still on. I know. I'm not. I'm not watching it anymore. I know, uh, Aaron. I think you're um, still to it. Or <laughs> Aaron's just this exhausted expression. Uh, Aaron's I'm, like, yeah, I'm still watch. I tuned it. out still... after season three. Surprisingly, the, uh, I stuck the on a little bit longer episode, for me. I went to about yeah. season six, season five. Mm-hmm. The latest episode was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I, I've been watching it since the get go, so I, I'm like, I have to. I keep, know. I kind of. And I'm kind of mad at myself that I. Didn't there was, see where it's at right now because now I got like two seasons. To but it's catch taken up. a, it's kind of taken a, like a turn, you know, like supposedly a good a, turn. Well, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But I heard uh, he goes off on a helicopter or something in the last. Yeah, scene. I mean it's supposedly uh, Rick's last episode, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. Well, I don't want to ruin it, but uh, so goes turn, on a movie. Turn this podcast off if you're. They no, lost, yeah, they lost no, the three-month yeah. cliffhanger when yeah. Uh, yeah. someone was going to get beat with a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. Mm. who's going to get beat with a baseball bat? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my god! Eeny, meeny, and yeah. it, it yeah. really ended up being a meeny, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. And it was he actually talked about. I didn't copy and paste that that part of the article, but he talked about that scene, and he's like, "That I really didn't like that because he's like for the series ourselves and not doing." grotesque unnecessary like stupid violence like having somebody's eye popping out and a head bashing in like that they never did anything really like that on the show before and he's like i thought that they went a little too far and went a little too cheesy on that and he's like they and he he said in his opinion they should have showed 
just his his lady's face like the well, entire time, you know, like in the latest reaction. episode, and that would have been a lot more scary, you know. I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, wait, in I'm the gonna... latest episode, he's trying to. Um, so Negan, um, he's been locked up in a little makeshift cell that they've had, and Maggie, you know, who is Glenn's uh, right wife, finally, like a year, things kind of going better or whatever. She wants to. She finally wants to kill him, and. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I won't ruin it for anybody. But oh no, well, no, 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 no! I, I, I will. I heard at the end of this, <laughs> at the end of this episode, that all the 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 actors from the Big Bang Theory come on and set oh, themselves yeah, on fire. That's right. Yeah, I, I heard that, that everybody dies. Everybody dies. <laughs> Show ends. Yeah, and only there was only one little kid who saw them all as dead people the whole time. Right. Yeah, that's the twist. So there, there, there you go for your spoilers, <laughs> audience. No, but they're coming with coming up out with a uh, movie mini movies or something right Based yeah of and apparently he's directing him uh his name's uh what's his name lincoln something what's his name andrew lincoln andrew lincoln he's he's going to be uh directing him he said quote i've always been interested in what's going on out there you know whether or not there is contact in the wider world of the walking dead lincoln will lead the films he will also tell the story of what happened to him post show fan favorites norman reedus melissa mcbride have also signed new deals reedus will also host and exec produce AMC's motorcycle series ride with Norman Reedus. Oh, he will make get <laughs> he's this milking that. He's huh? going to get three hundred fifty thousand per episode on top of additional guarantees and advances, so it could be worth anywhere from fifty million to ninety million, according to Hollywood Reporter. Crazy, right? Came a long way from uh, Boondock Saints. Shit, yeah. Huh? Nicely done. I'm not hating on him. It's just the show got really <clears throat> fucking boring. Yeah. <laughs> when you're about to saddle up and tread that rusty terrain. You need a brand of drink you can rely on. And when you reach across to grab that drink from your compadre on that dusty trail, it's better be something that's made from the heart. And when you open up that mix of taurine and tiger's tears, know that Balljack is there with you. Hell yeah! America. Balljack has been disputedly bringing its tasty, energizing mix to the mouths of dusty trailblazers like you since 1863. You're goddamn right! Don't leave your dusty trailmate hanging. Reach over and grab his ball jack. He's waiting for you to quench that dusty trailblazing thirst with his ball jack. Woo! Ball jack. The drink of dusty trailblazers. Reach for it. Today. So, news from... Check this out. Uh, Harvard astronomers. We were saying... Where did this come from? We were thinking it was maybe NASA, but... Apparently, Harvard astronomers suggest that this space object could be an alien probe. It's a cigar-shaped object. I like how they call it a, a cigar shape. It's like a hand-rolled blunt shape. <laughs> it's it like is a blunt turd shaped. Yeah, or yeah. a shitty joint. Yeah. It looks like a, one of those joints that you would roll in seventh grade where it's all lumpy yeah, and you left a joint. seed and a stem like in there, you know? Oh, you didn't quite roll one. quite the best. Some pocket lint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when yeah, it lights up, it just yep. fucking burns all the paper in it halfway down and fucking all the weed falls yeah. out. It's got a run that goes all the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one for $3, two for five. Sugar packets don't work. <laughs> I tried. Oh, that's a good. Uh, that's a good stuff. Try substitute paper. Yeah, right. They uh, they said though that there was a like if you go to um like astronomy uh, dot com and and all, all these other reputable sources they're saying that it's kind of an interesting theory, but ultimately the trajectory of it and the way that it moves it would be there would be no way for it to act focus on on like it's Earth. completely inefficient. Yeah, hey, who, who exactly. Who would make a an advanced civilization is going to make a 
ship that travels through our galaxy or whatever. Yeah. That There's looks like a giant it. rock tumbling yeah. through space. Yeah, yeah, what's yeah. the point? Yeah, How do know? you guys pronounce that nickname? It's not Umawamwa, which translates to giant turd. It translates to apparently, quote, a messenger that reaches out from the distant past in Hawaiian. Nice. But if you're a yeah, it translates to the nice clean. Translates to the bird. What bird you ask? Spaceship coming through or something that kind of just blends in. Look like it was something. They labeled it an interstellar object. Oh, the nice. first in a new class for designation. So my it's apparently the first yeah. time they've designated it as that. They say the object may have been sent as a probe by an alien civilization. And what also kind of probe? <laughs> <laughs> suggesting it was no longer operational. That it's just like, that's why it's uh, floating around Maybe the way it is. Maybe it used is. to be smooth and it got hit by so many asteroids along the way or something. Yeah. Who uh, knows? Why is it that every time aliens come to Earth, they just want to probe us? And there's a probe. <laughs> there's some sort it's of just probe. A probe. Uh, all right. Dicky like that. Just checking y'all out. Check hey, this out. Hey, Steve, did you bring the probe? <laughs> Can you tell what animal <laughs> that's supposed to be? Can you guys see this? There's a new cave drawing. Oh, no, I can't see that's Yeah. Apparently the, the oldest uh, depiction of an animal. Look, Aaron, in the in the lower left-hand corner, you can yeah, see the... like an antelope mm-hmm. down there. Okay. Right? Yeah, but something. In the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Hat, lower bottom? Well, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I think it's the whole the thing as a whole, maybe. I'm not really sure. It says, the prehistoric drawing reported yesterday in the journal Nature is a red silhouette of a bull beast found in a remote limestone cave in Borneo. The earliest cave etchings have been found in Africa include abstract designs that are dated some 73,000 years ago. Wow. Okay, something with some horns, though. Huh? That's cool. Yeah, and there's something up in the upper right-hand corner, too. You can kind of tell it's almost the same thing. They look like hands, like outlines of hands. Yeah, I mean, some of them, right? But in the lower left. Yeah, that's definitely a, a bull. Oh, a bull. Yeah, those two little, yeah, those yeah. Little yeah. hands. How big is this we're looking at, I wonder? Three millimeters. It's a cave wall. I wonder if that's a full, <laughs> like, if that's an actual size hand. Yeah, I think so. so I would. Yeah. I would think that that would be, like, to scale for that, yeah. There's a show on Netflix called Civilizations. I don't know if you guys seen it. It's pretty cool. No. But um, they show, uh, you know, artists, you know, whatever, cave artists or cave art, and it is hands. They do a lot of, a lot of that. Ah, they put their hands up right. and they trace the right. hand. That, that's it. That's what that looks like. It's cool. Unfortunate, some sad news. We can just talk about this real quick, but I thought it was worth at least bringing up because it was such a, a big deal. It did happen out here in California. Uh, just yesterday night, well, actually Wednesday night by the time you guys are hearing this, a gunman killed 12 people at a Thousand Oaks bar. He was a former U.S. Marine who was apparently suffering from PTSD, the Ventura County Sheriff said. He was named Ian David Long, 28 years old. He lived not far from the club. He apparently threw some smoke bombs in there, and he had a uh, 45 caliber handgun. It was this place called the Borderline Bar and Grill. It was a country music-themed venue popular with college students it was around 11 20 p.m apparently the shooter drove his mother's car to the bar didn't say anything before opening fire uh one of the witnesses was celebrating her 21st birthday she said she was dancing with friends she heard what sounded like firecrackers turned followed the noise only to find a man standing there in the entrance with the gun uh, she said, quote, I'm a Thousand Oaks resident. This is a safe place. My parents let me go here. This is a trusted place. To know that this happened in my safe place, very scary thing. According to the bar's website, Wednesday nights are college-themed and open to students as young as 18. The bar is located to 
uh, California Lutheran University, Pepperdine, Moore Park College, and popular among students. So apparently they've interacted with him in the past for a complaint disturbing the peace. Deputies at the time said he was irate, acting irrationally. They called in mentally uh, health professionals to evaluate. They concluded he did not need to be taken into custody at that time. So yeah, it kind of poses the question, what do we do with a lot of these guys that are coming back that have PTSD and how do we kind of deal with that i know we're not suited to answer that question here no and there's certainly yeah there's certainly you really this. ever know what they're capable of that you know yeah right I mean, how about we just don't send them there in the first place <laughs> there you that's go that's also a awesome, good solution right? too there you yeah. go preemptive solution there especially I mean, we have a whole class of killers in this country yeah people you know it's 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 definitely uh, something that we need to focus on i'm guessing uh, he had possible personality issue before he even went there you know a lot of people probably do that shouldn't even be in situations right. like that right and they come back even more fucked up yeah like I don't know man. yeah that's entirely possible well, that, that's why that maybe that's something that the military could do is like oh this guy's a decommission out there. those people Right, like, or give them treatment and exactly. and, fun, and fund their treatment you know, and instead of just, like, brushing them off to yeah. the side and acting like nothing happened. Your, your hitch is up an X amount of time. Right. This remainder of the time, we're going to give, I think you, it should be a give thing. you back to yourself. Decompression they time. Yeah. Remove you from they your They should butt. just have that as a an, standard. When you come back ex, from exit, serving. Exit program. Yeah. When you right? come back from serving. You're the, getting back into society, assimilating society with society, dealing with everything. You are yeah. in some harsh yeah. shit. Yeah. Like I have mean, a two-year program that you stick with him like an AA coach and you check month. You evaluate how well, he's doing. That's a great doing, idea. You mm-hmm. know? And then like say, hey, you know, uh, offer him some help if some red flags start yeah. popping up. He starts using a lot of drugs, starts drinking more, sure. not finding work, not satisfied with work. And you know? there's there's already people yelling at you and me right now saying, well, who's going to pay for that? Well, aren't the these, military aren't should these pay the for people it. that you say are our most important citizens? Yeah, right. That so we should let's give pay the for it. Al- utmost respect I would to. pay for that on my taxes if it was on a ballot initiative. Yeah. I would like definitely 20, vote for that. It'd be like 30 cents. I mean, it's much the same way that we don't re- really rehabilitate anybody that we put in prison, right? Mm-hmm. No, and so we're, and recid- it's also how we're... Recidivism is like 70% or something. You're crazy right. like that. Mm-hmm. And, and mental illness, too. We don't take it seriously. We don't devote funds to it. We let guys that have mental illnesses like, you know, Kanye West, like sitting there bragging about it, like, I'm off my meds and I don't care and I'm being freewheeling and I have mental illness... Like it's oh, and a, somebody will sell that guy a gun, though. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, big time. And he could go out, and then he'll kill people and be like, oh, we didn't see it coming. We just thought he was eccentric, and, you know, we, we you know he t- used to talk about this, but we just, it's like, for fuck's sakes, you know? Why, why do we have access so easily to things like that for people that are in a state in which they, you know, just not mentally there the way they should be? Because it's their God-given right. Didn't you know that? <laughs> you know, when you go to purchase a gun, there's a question on the, the questionnaire before you start your 10-day like wait period, and it actually says, um, have you ever or are you now suffering from a mental illness? Right. And it's just a checkbox. And so it's you like, can, yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No, no, I'm sure not. Nope. Uh, but you could totally Isn't be. Isn't that right, invisible person behind yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on uh, to a, kind of a disturbing thing here. 
as Carnival cruise passengers find this camera in their stateroom. Look at the pictures of this camera. Oh, I'll man. post it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Garage Rock Show. You can check it out. I was wondering if they were going to find my camera. It was in the back of a TV. They had it like it was regular wires in the back of a TV, just like, you know, little RCA cables or something. And it was this little thin pinhole camera. And he said he found it. And they tried to say it wasn't working, you know, when he uh, w- talked to the security guys. And he said the carnival staff tried to downplay the situation, telling him it wasn't working condition left by a recent guest. But he said the camera was covered in dust and was warm to the touch. Oh, yeah. He said, I feel they were trying to cover it up by lying about what was found. They decided to come forward because carnival statement claiming they were doing everything they could. Uh, he said, quote, they did not do everything they could have done. They said they reached out to the FBI, but I was the one who reached out to the FBI. I had not even heard about the incident until I reported it. So Carnival again said the camera, which it called a transmitter, was non-operational, saying, quote, this is certainly a unique, unusual occurrence, blah, blah, blah. But that's fucking crazy, right? What if the Carnival staff members are, like, inserting these cameras in staterooms and, you know, watching people and... You know, getting their jollies off or making money off of it. Could have been some kind of a website or something, you know? Could have been that or even like a previous cruise where somebody like went next door to their room and tried to like and and hit it, you know, and just left it behind if it was inoperable or something. It could have been something that happened prior, you know? Do you think it it could have been, do you think it was a staff thing or a, a tenant thing? Like somebody that was on the thing getting freaky or trying to be a creep? Or do you think it was a staff thing? I think it was probably the way the staffing. staff was probably I mean, trying the, to cover it up. The staff's got to have a high turnover, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm sure they, they probably only work for months at a time, and they're like, "Fuck this." You, you know? go one cruise, and then you're you're done, right? <laughs> I don't know some of them, but maybe like the cooks and stuff stick around, and some of the other staff members. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so be aware <laughs> when you're on your. There uh, definitely should be an investigation. Yeah. Well, know. apparently they're getting the FBI involved. So uh, there you go. International waters, man. If it yep. was warm to the touch, it was it was on, right? Like it was running. Oh know, yeah, it was it running. Was running. It makes it sound and it's a like a transmitter. It, yep, sounds like it. So was like a wireless tra- staff, uh, maybe yeah. some dip to some other little room in the ship, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, in their little control room or something. Maybe the captain. It could be, or just like the security guy. <laughs> maybe that's something you pay extra to have. <laughs> Crazy. Speaking of video and surveillance, uh, China authorities using gate recognition. Have you heard of gate? You know, like the way you walk, like how you carry yourself? Yeah. That's the new form of recognition that they're uh, doing now. It uses people's body shapes and how they walk to identify them, even when their faces can't be seen by cameras. So, you know, people always thought like, oh, well, if I hide my face, facial recognition is not going to be able to get me. Now they're working with this thing called gate recognition. Uh, oh, you taking off, Charles? Yeah, so you yeah gotta... you're having a meltdown. Oh, okay. Well, have yeah, a good night. No, Thank you so much for stopping by. No worries, man. <laughs> good luck, man. All right, Charles. Thank you so much for stopping by, man. Absolutely. All right. How old are your twins, man? They are uh, six weeks. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go home. You, you need the rest. I, I look at, I look at uh, sleep uh, longingly from the window. And <laughs> <laughs> like a distant memory yeah. on a bleak horizon. All right. Well, shit. Later, man. Yeah. You can't. You can no longer just throw on a hoodie and get away with some shit. You no, then now your walk too. They can walk get your. Different. They it can't be fooled by someone limping or walking with a different way or hunching over. Well, they they can still get them. I just saw something today on the news too about um, there's going to be. I don't know where exactly it was, but it was school camera systems that 
are able to identify a gun in the camera like a, a little you know like if somebody pulls out a gun and, and notify the police within seconds oh um, wow if somebody pulls it out there's cameras uh, you know it was just uh, I don't know if it was a concept or if it was already right effect, I could see that but, uh, yeah like somebody pulls out a gun there's cameras all over the school they, they recognize kind of like it reminded me of you know in Fresno I know they have this um, shot detection system that they use quite a bit like if a shot if you if it's it's audible, they have these microphones mounted around the right. the city, and right. if it's a certain pitch, you know something they pick up, they they're able to pinpoint it to right. Right, the, where the are you block. saying this set? Uh, Fresno, Fresno, yeah, yeah, I heard that too. Like in the Tower District, like the downtown yeah. area, and they've you know? caught quite a few people that way so far. I hear it in the news every so often. Wow, um, technology's crazy, so, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of cool technology, I thought this is interesting. So. There's also there's it's a picture a shot spotter that's what it was called. Oh okay. Shot right on. Yeah, Fresno. Um check this out. Here's a picture of Bill Gates with a jar of poop. Jar of poop. What do you Is that like a Lemmy Coco pup on his cheek there? <laughs> what is that? Thing? That's a stupid little microphone one of those microphones oh, they wear. Okay. A little What a strange color for a microphone. I know. Kind of looks Lemmy like poop. Coco pup. <laughs> well, since I have a jar of poop, I'm going to match my microphone to it. Uh, it does look like a weird uh, <laughs> fucking boil or something on his face. So anyway, uh, China Tech Conference. It was um, the Reinvented Toilet Expo. So what they want to do is commercialization of toilets that don't need water or sewers. So Bill Go- Gates is leading this initiative, which uh, $200 or excuse me, $200 million has been given to teams over the past seven years to Sh- develop shit. waterless toilets. Shit into it. Well, wouldn't it be cool if you could, like, <laughs> shit into some kind of thing where it was, like, a gel substance or something on the floor and it, like, eats the poop immediately and turns it into some kind of, like, bacteria type of soil and green? Yeah. Um, <laughs> some years back, dryer I, sheets. I recall. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw this. It's a, it's a dog uh, backyard, like, pooper scooper. Yeah, right. And you pick up your dog. Oh, shit and it incinerates and it. And it vaporizes yeah. it to ash. It, what about that? And drops it back into your grass. Idea. Supposed fertilizer. I mean, yeah, you shit in there and it, so it's maybe, like a little oven in, in your yeah, shitting you shit in, into right? something and then and it, it just fries it. Yeah. We convert this into... Uh, Dude, we can get this money. We can win the fertilizer. We got to do that. For your plants. The little oven toilet. I mean, that's a great idea. Right? Yeah, and it stays warm, you know, in cold areas. Anyway. How much water do you think literally goes down the drain oh know, just dude. from toilet and areas like areas like africa that don't have access to clean Why water run your house off of your own electricity feces, and all right pretty soon you're gonna be able to there's a way to convert it to there's yeah. uh like there's a bus in it's europe like my power is going out i gotta that shit. drives off of uh human waste and yeah. they know how to convert it to gas like a jankum <laughs> something <laughs> uh, i don't know all right, check this out. Don't it's stay at the, a Motel 6. It's called the Bukaki car. Uh, <laughs> if you guys are uh, Latino, because apparently Motel 6 is having to pay $7.6 million to some, some guests that stayed there because they reported them to ICE, the immigration officials. Employees of the National Motel budget chain uh, accused or escorting to proposed settlement filed in federal court yesterday. That must be still approved by a federal judge, but it's going through. Oh, excuse me. It was revealed in September of last year. This is when it started going through. It was a class action lawsuit. It was revealed in September 2017 that employees at two Motel 6 locations in Phoenix shared Latino customers' location and personal information with immigration agents who later arrested them. 
Motel 6 said the practice had been carried out without the knowledge of senior management, and they'd since told all locations that it isn't allowed, but pretty crazy, right? Well, in defense of the people working there, like, Mexicans, you know, came into their hotel and they called immigration on them. Yeah. I think the ICE officials actually went into the hotel to Ah. the desk and asked. Oh, and inquired about it? For records on any that's an interesting distinction I don't know we don't we don't have that information in the article here that I copied but that would be interesting if that was the case because that would be a whole different thing right than just like maybe a disgruntled employee is like oh these Mexicans are here I'm gonna call <laughs> ice on them right I'm Tom Bodet and I'll call ice yeah on I'll leave so they can find you I mean most <laughs> I mean I like to think that most people aren't racist you know what I mean but yeah most people are intimidated by badges and official looking yeah people, heck yeah yeah you know. no if they came in there and you asked they you, you would comply I'm sure but check out this uh, outfit for the dog I'm gonna put this up on the Facebook page as well facebook.com slash the garage rock show check it out yeah so apparently dogs that live up in the mountains in certain areas have problems with coyotes. So pet owners look like dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, they look like medieval-looking, <laughs> fucking crazy things, like uh, Mad Max dogs or yeah, something. They got would be like, what the fuck? They got that? spikes on them. Uh, they got these like orange, like distracting-looking, plastic-looking things on the top. <laughs> <laughs> it looks it's like ridiculous. The backside of a badminton. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> it's a coyote vest pet body armor, which is made by a California couple who watched their own dog get attacked by a coyote. So. They're making this. Uh, it has two rows of sharp plastic spikes along the back and neck, meant to protect a cat or dog from coyotes or birds of prey. So, <laughs> birds of prey too. Fuck. Yeah. Big old eagle like coming down, and snatching up your dog. I might just get that for my dog for Halloween next year. It just looks cool, right? Uh, iPad cash registers. You guys ever go to a restaurant and feel guilty from those iPad cash registers? That they, oh. like, force you to make a tip, kind of? 15, 20, All right. 25. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, so the the pressure is on. So they did a study. And 15 is a low end. Yeah. But we have options all the way up to 30 if you're feeling. They show an increase in tips when places move over to this kind of payment system. I DoorDash, so it's right on DoorDash. So if I mean, you had a typical register, cash register or whatever, like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't get as many tips, like, if you had this iPad-type deal where they turn it over to you after they run your card and it says the tip choice or it says no tip, are you going to be the dick and say no tip and bring it back to them, right? Or are you going to, oh, okay, I guess I'll give them the 15%, right? It kind of guilts you. I mean, didn't tipping used to be 10%? Right. Wasn't that a thing? Now, now 15 is the standard. And they say 20 is for a good tip. They say... Or we could just pay our servers a decent A livable wage. wage. Yeah. yeah, so we don't have difference in tips. You know, right? a lot of those got, like, from what I, I have Very true. that are have been um, waiters and whatnot and they get their tips taken out of their wages and shit. Yeah, they get taxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? It's not like, oh, they just put that in their pocket. That's, right? Yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy. So you make $100 in wages in a night, right? Mm-hmm. But then they take into account that you're going to receive X amount percentage of tips mm-hmm. on top of your wage. So whether you get those tips or not, you still get taxed for that amount. Yeah, that's BS. BS. Some states don't even pay minimum wage to servers. They pay 
they pay the difference between the taxed amount that you could possibly receive and the minimum wage. So right. you're getting like three fifty an hour plus tips. Yeah. What a deal. <laughs> so yeah, fuck that. But anyway, fuck being uh, forced. It's like when they ask you to donate a dollar to some children's hospital or uh, the veterans fund or something when you're cashing out at the cash register too. And before everybody is like, they make a big deal. Like I was at the dollar store today and uh, the people before me, I'm just buying a couple things. And the people before me, she's like, would you like to donate um, a dollar to help a veteran's family with a toy or whatever? And they're like, of course. Yeah. Okay, sure. And so they do that. And then she gets on the intercom. And she goes, ah, can I get a, a woo woo? We got a donator here, a dollar, you know, and everybody in the store is like, woo woo, right? And then I come up next and I'm like, uh no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna donate. Wah wah wah! It's like a big. Sh- yeah, can I can I get a wah 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 for this loser right here? <laughs> That's what you I felt like. Price is right. Price is right. Sound. What is that like? Yeah, the fail sound. Yeah. Boom 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 boom. Boom 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 boom. Yeah, they uh, did that to me at PetSmart not too long. Yeah, they, they do the for the homeless pets, too, and that one breaks my heart. I always donate to that one. Like, I'd much rather donate to a homeless pet, honestly, than to a homeless, homeless person. Sadly as that may sound, like, I... I when those animals dude, you know, look at you... Oh, dude. What are you going to do? And they're also asking you, hey, how? you people... How? How could you... You people that are shopping <laughs> at the dollar store who possibly can't, you know... Afford to shop at right. I'm only getting a couple store. things. Like I'm paying with cash. I got a couple of things. You know, I'm not trying to. Yeah, I'm not trying to go would in you there like and donate to, to charity. Would you, poor person, like to donate to someone with a government pension? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Not saying that some veterans don't deserve certain. No, things. they do. But it was like a little junk shit from a mm-hmm. pile. It was like some little stupid like foam football. You know, I mean, are they really even gonna? You know, some, somebody would get that, and they'd be like, this is fucking bullshit, you know? Right. It's not a homeless family. They're a vet. They get fucking money. Like you know, they're those, getting PS4s and shit. Like those get stuffed that animals thing. out of those uh, Fuck. machines that are stuffed with paper. <laughs> <laughs> they're like the worst, cheapest stuffed right. animals ever. Oh, yeah, those are so garbage. One bite and a it's shake. It's stuffed with, like, crinkle s- paper. Just shreds. It's like a conf- <laughs> confetti fucking paper. <laughs> well, right. That's my dog. Two shakes. <laughs> You see these new cell phones they got now that are going to be apparently this could be the next wave of cell phones where they're going to have these screens that's into either a bigger phone or a smaller phone. I'll show you what I mean. Well, I'm trying to describe it for our audio listeners. I may have a picture of this or something on the uh, Facebook page, but it's best to check this video out on Samsung's official uh, thing as they have just released it. The foldable displays will go under mass production next year. Here is a, a video for everyone here to check it out. So it starts out in a small size, like you're like holding a regular phone, right? It kind of looks like first generation kind of iPod in a way. Flips open, full size. Whoa! It just cool. turned into a tablet. For and now eyes. it's yeah, it's like a tablet size square almost. And then now he's gonna fold it right back to a, a phone size. Fold it in half, and now you can access your apps and everything as phone wow. size, mm. half the size. Would you guys use that, or is that something that appeals that's to you, or is been, that too much? Always, is that like the way too much? It's always been the argument, right? 
It's like the big it's one's too fancy, damn big dude. to fit in my pocket, but I like the big screen. I like to see big shit. The internet. Is it like twelve hundred dollars? I mean, that it's makes a gonna difference. be. Yeah, yeah, they say about a thousand dollars is gonna be the price entry level for those. I'm not gonna lie. I've been torn for a while. Like, what's better? Uh, I like a nice smaller phone in my pocket. Yeah, but that's the battle. I, we were just talking about like I, how you I like have, kind of. We were looking at the old iPhone styles, and we like kind of the phones and they're. Once I got the bigger kind of one. I realize, man, it's, just, it's, it's, yeah, and see, yeah, but I would like, we to, were talking to, about that. I would like to, if I could fold this in half and put right. it in my pocket for save, to save space. Yeah. I'd, I'd fold I'd the regular size ones in <laughs> half, right? Yeah. The old flip phone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's like basically like a new flip phone. Uh, I'll wait for the holographic displays. <laughs> there you <laughs> yeah, go. You just shit. hold it out. And, uh, That'll 3D. be the next thing. Uh, check this out. Okay. So what, what do you guys think is the most popular pumpkin or uh pie for, um, Thanksgiving? If you had to uh, guess without looking. Pumpkin pie, for sure. Pumpkin pie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is not. It's actually apple pie. Okay. Well, that's my second choice. Apple pie took the top spot as America's favorite post-Thanksgiving dinner indulgence. 32 My wife, my wife doesn't it. like pumpkin pie at all. I love pumpkin stuff. But she but would like probably apple or something. Yeah. They say also like sweet pumpkin. potato, pecan, yeah, pecan pie. Oh, chicken Ooh. pot pie. Oh, oh, I didn't think they'd... For cat- dessert. Yeah, mm, but... Well, they, yeah. America. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's have another one. We you know what would some- go good on top of this gravy? <laughs> some more gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't skimp on the gravy. <laughs> uh, of, you know how they have those cross... Bat, like the apple pie with the cross... The oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just bacon on top instead. Oh, dude. Oh, <laughs> shit. Great. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Wow. Like a blackberry pie with bacon lattice. Oh, bacon, dude, yeah, lattice. You're bringing this to the next <laughs> to the next round table here, yeah. Dude, sound, that sound great. All right, here we go. Here's the poor man's uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner. Pringles Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, it's a three pack of little mini cans That's of not real. Is it? Yes, this no. is coming out. They're selling it for fourteen ninety nine on the website. Turkey in a can, stuffing in a can. Is this chips or They're actual? Chips. Stuff? No, it's chips. It's meant to be like okay. a play off of like a meal in a can, but yeah, they're chip flavored turkey, pumpkin pie, and stuffing. Pumpkin, pumpkin pie flavored chips. Pringles. <laughs> yeah. Mm, wow. No. That almost looks like just more of a gag gift oh, no. that you would give somebody. Yeah, that right? actually does look like a gag gift. That would be yeah. kind of too long ago. Like at the Seven Eleven, you could get hot dog flavored <laughs> potato chips. <laughs> oh man, that sounds totally Canadian. I saw ketchup chips over there. Yeah, they were yeah, ketchup and dill flavor. pickle, and like they had hot all kinds slurpee. of crazy ones there. <laughs> Neither slurpee, hot dog slurpee. So there you go. <laughs> Look at this new Monopoly, guys. Monopoly for millennials. It says, forget real estate. You can't afford it anyway. That's the slogan <laughs> on it. This is a fucking 100% for real Monopoly that is on the shelves in Target right now. Bitcoin. That guy doesn't look like a millennial. <laughs> look at he's holding a coffee, and he's got like his ear, his beats in. He's, he's got not his vaping, fucking Wayfarer. Yeah, there's no vape. It's not real. <laughs> he's not riding a fixie. He's no longer got a monocle. Dude, Wait, did he have a monocle? Yeah, he did have a monocle. I think he did. And now he's got some sort he's of. He's got earbuds. And, I mean, he's got the, fucking wafer. The cool mustache, on. right? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that hipster. Is, that's hipster. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it's it's come Pringles. back now. Pringles guy mustache. So here's the thing with Monopoly for millennials. Uh, it says you just you go around getting experiences. You don't even buy property. You travel around the game board, discovering and visiting cool places to eat, shop, and relax. Interact with each other's via chance and community chess cards. 
Uh, players don't pay rent. They visit one another, earning more experience points. <laughs> this is, I, I don't know. It just seems real? like, to- yeah, it is. It is real. I copied this from the Walmart. Web- the old mon- from Monopoly. By visiting the hottest destinations from your friend's couch to the vegan bistro to the week-long <laughs> yeah. meditation retreat. Like all these like cliched. Like millennials things. have no idea what mon- the old Monopoly <laughs> Roll double about. sixes and go to Coachella for free. <laughs> Get locked in a porta potty at Coachella. Go back five spaces. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Fuck. So, you don't yeah, know who dude, the open, that's for real. Look at, look at the boards. They don't even have the same amount of spaces. They only have like two of each color instead and three, of three. Three uh, denominations of money. Yeah, it says five twenties and hundreds, and that's it. Because no millennial has ever seen a five hundred dollar bill. Do those things not, even exist uh, anymore? I'm surprised it's not no, based off of so. a, like a little tablet phone that comes with it. There, you make I digital know, transactions some thing, in right? um, some Bitcoin and shit. thing like that. In Bitcoin, <laughs> nice touch. It's another gag gift. They're from Monopoly for millennials, and you get them the fucking Pringle fucking breakfast, uh, Thanksgiving dinner uh, in a can. Sad stuff. Ah, trilogy of flavors there. That's just weird. Pass co and collect your 200 bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for us this week. Thanks for everybody tuning in to garagerockshow.com, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks. Peace. Yeah, yeah. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the Garage Rock Show or used by TGRS with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Garage Rock Show. TGRS assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. This disclaimer is posted in full at thegaragerockshow.com.